0: welcome to the london welsh rugby club podcast many thanks for your kind words and feedback on last week's pod with danny griffiths the club chairman if you're listening for the first time episode one is available on all podcast platforms i'm gareth vaughan jones and i hope you enjoy this week's episode Welcome to the London Balls Podcast, Director of Rugby, Kai Griffiths. How are you, Kai? I'm not too bad, Kai. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm glad We're recording this on Friday, and I'm glad it is Friday because we've got a long weekend to enjoy, haven't we? I know. Have you got much planned? Uh, well, with the COVID outbreak, um, not a lot, but just trying to keep fit and uh, maybe do some reading and things like that.
1: What about yourself? Yeah, we've got um, just taking the dogs out for a walk uh, next Well. A long, long walk on a Saturdays normally and then Sundays is a is a shorter walk. So just trying to get out of the house because I'm still working as well, so I'm in the fl- in the flats, uh, Monday till Friday, nine till five. So it's just trying to get out of there as, as much as I can. Um but I guess I'll cover off where you I'll be able to see where what you're doing on the Ostrava, when I
0: uh, yes, you will. Yes, uh, I like as I say, I like, I like my running and cycling and stuff and dog walks. But uh, you know, but I say, you know, you're a man in demand recently with interviews with like Wales Online, WU podcast. There's a rugby pass online interview, and you were streamed live for some international virtual rugby club um, event yesterday. So, do, are you enjoying the high profile nature of of your role at London Welsh? I,
1: I, I don't know if it's. If... It's not a high profile. I think it's just uh, it's it's a bit slow at the moment on the on the rugby terms, and they're looking at where can they uh, produce this, some stories. So,
0: yeah, I think
1: it's great for the club, um, getting the name out there, uh, getting people understanding what we're doing at the moment. Because so I think a lot of the I'm still having conversation with, pe- with people, and I think the club is still professional, um, or the club doesn't exist. So it's one or the other, and they don't understand there's a, there's a very thriving. Um, amateur, good amateur setup going on here, and obviously the uh, juniors and minis as well. So I think it's it's, it, it's it's great for me to sort of talk about the club uh, and expose the club for maybe people that don't know about us or that they haven't had an update uh, about London Wells for a while. So yeah, it's it's keeping me a little bit busy, but um, I think it's just the the nature of what it is at the moment with rugby, just trying to get stories and has been successful it's quite a nice story to tell
0: no I think you're right there I think um lockdown you know lockdown media has uh, increased and there's lots of people available for interviews but I I I know right this is the interview where you can speak directly (laughs) to our members from around the world and probably share more specific information about forthcoming plans for the season right but before we get into that let's have a chat really because you've been we've all been in lockdown for I can't remember now 10 weeks but you were really unwell at the beginning of that, weren't you? So you sound well now, but how was that to deal with? Because you had the symptoms of the virus, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So it it was a funny one, really. Um, so I, I became sick. Uh, I was I was pretty bad for about four or five days. So the symptoms I had, I didn't have a cough, um, but I basically had everything else. I had a shivers, temperature, had a the most incredible headache. I felt like my eyes were gonna pop out of my head for about three, four days. It was absolutely horrible. Um, But after about six, seven days, then I I was fine. Uh, My girlfriend struggled for a little bit longer, so she was sort of sick for about 10 days. so, yes, yeah, so it's, it's a weird virus because you hear some people struggle for it for a couple of days. Others are struggling for a week and then they become better. Then they become sick again. And obviously you get the, the really bad ones then that need to go into the hospital. So I think I was quite, quite lucky. But yeah, it, was, it was quite a dark four days. So
0: um, well, I'm glad you're better now. But how has the lockdown um, changed the way you're working and how you've engaged with sort of the other coaches and players at the club?
1: Uh, well, I'm a professional, so, I, so I'm, I'm I work in sales. So I work for a training company called TLC. Um, the head office is in in Swansea, but I'm obviously I'm I'm based in London. Uh, for us, we haven't got an office in in London, so I'm quite used to uh, working from home. Uh, for so the adjustments for myself wasn't wasn't too bad at all. Um, but from a rugby perspective, obviously the how we geared up to the season finishing, uh, just stopping and then us not knowing our destiny for a couple of weeks. Um, it was quite, sort of, was on tender hooks. So I wasn't too sure which way the union was going to go uh, because I uh, could see the other uh, unions were voiding the leagues and uh, saying that the, the the season's over. So when we had the wind, the Scottish union and the WRU doing that, I was thinking... Well, there's ninety percent chance of the RFU doing it. So yeah, it was sketchy times going through that. But obviously they worked out a formula which I'm I'm pretty happy with. And uh yeah, we got our I we got the results that we deserved. deserve.
0: Well it's brilliant news, you know, because the Druids were top of their merit table before the the lockdown and, and our first team, you know, men's team promoted uh, you know, um, on a system that the, the RFU awarded points for, you know, for games to be played, etc. So, how did you celebrate with the coaches or with the players? Did you do anything in particular? I think, just
1: going back to how, how they worked it out, I think we, we had a, a big four games uh, to go and we were only seven points clear. And I think it would have been more disappointment for the if they obviously the Druids on the first wanted to have promotion, but because of the Druids were unbeaten all year, um, and I think they were about seventeen points ahead for them to void the league then, I think that would have hit London Welsh as bad as the first not going up. So it was a great uh outcome for both sides for sure. And yeah, we uh we caught wind on it on the thursday before the initial uh, official announcement but then we sal- celebrated on on the friday then so it was about 25 of us on the zoom call i think pretty popular at the moment um and, uh, yeah it was it was good fun a lot of drinking a lot of celebrations because at the end of the day the, the season finished early yes, but boys put boys on boys everybody involved in the club put a, a big settlement. Eight months stint, in. so it was it was quite a, a relief once we got that result in, and for us to celebrate it together online, it was it was a it was it was great, yeah. But hopefully we'll get out of this lockdown and have something to celebrate in person. Now it'd be great to do that, but I suppose once we were promoted, uh, you're, you knowing the person that
0: you are, were working on a plan for next season, or had you already sort of commenced that anyway?
1: Yeah, I so saw. I started. For uh, the 2020-21 season, and I was planning. I've I've started planning it back in. It was at the end of January. So looking at areas that we're trying to sort of develop, put in a plan for pre-season. How does pre-season look? How many weeks do we need? What would what are the likelihood of the players that will be returning? Because we're quite lucky with our retention. and I think it's about 90% year on year. So that makes a big build-up because last this year, we sort of changed our the way we uh, saw our attack philosophy with Steven Schindler coming in. He put in some great ideas. Um, and if I'm honest with you, as, as a group, I think we got there a little bit slower than I anticipated. So going into next year now, uh, I, I understand that the players... Uh, one year, uh, more sort of advance in this system that we want to play. So hopefully it will be flowing a bit easy in pre-season. But yeah, it's, I was starting to start planning uh, at the end of January, looking at possibilities, which league we'll be going into. Uh, how does pre-season look like? Who do we want to play in pre-season? How does that look like? How can I develop the the, the coaching group? Um and others bits and bobs that we're thinking, yeah, instead of trying to get to April, May, I then start thinking about it.
0: No, I'm not surprised to so, say yeah, you're very organised. And when we were in Heart to Middlesex 1 and we played our last game, I remember you. all the players had gone to see you after the last game for like a two-minute chat for feedback, like an end-of-season review. Now, this season, uh, COVID's made that quite challenging, but have you had, managed to have some one-to-one with players yet?
1: Um, I'm touching base with a a lot of players. For for me, it's um, it's a difficult time at the moment. um, If there's a lot of things going on, so for me, we won the season, fantastic. But let's give the players a bit of a break now um, because there's more serious things happening in the world. There's boys. obviously on furlough um, might be someone that's sick that they know that they might be infected with a virus or something in that respect. So we're trying to give them a nice break because it's been three years on the bounce back to back uh, with championships. So I think they would benefit of not much rugby um, contact points. Obviously I'm I'm touching base with uh, a couple of players each week just to see how they're doing. But outside, Outside the rugby uh, arena type thing, so it, it is giving them a break. I didn't give them a, a review, um, but we are looking going into well mid June. Then I'll I'll bring the leadership group in um, and say that this is what we're looking at. Uh, they've got the preseason plan, so any any changes that they want to do to that, I'm quite willing to have a have a conversation with them. But for me, it's 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 a weird period. A lot of people are going through. Um, I wouldn't say the players are, but a lot of people are going through some hard times at the moment, so I don't want to be ramming rugby stuff down their throat because, <sighs> to be honest, it's it's sort of a low priority. So, yeah, so for us, it's give the boys a mental break as well from, from the game.
0: No, I understand that, and that makes com- complete sense. So, London Welsh has been confirmed that will be in London South 1. How much of a jump up do you think he'll be, and how is our recruitment protest going? Because we've seen lots of social media activity uh, around what it means playing for the club and some forms going online for people to get in touch with our head of men's rugby and whether they're interested in playing for the club so so what so first things first how much of a jump up do you think it is and how's the recruitment process going i think
1: it will be quite a big jump from where we are um i think it'll it'll challenge us mentally because we won't be we won't be beating teams 30 40 points so There'll have to be a lot of uh, leadership, understanding, game management, um, because it will be a two-point game, a four-point game. Um, so for us, I think uh, this year, yeah, I think the, the league was about 30 to 40% harder than the year before, uh, but I'm expecting about 60 to 70% this year. Um, so a big jump there. I think... Getting from the feedback, obviously, is quite hard for myself because I've been concentrating in the leagues that we, we've been in year to year to year. And obviously, I haven't been in London for more than four years to understand, yeah, this team is is a forward-dominant team. You need to look after this guy. He's 10, 12. He's really good. Well, I would probably understand if I was back in Wales. So the understanding of the teams for myself is is minimal. But talking to other coaches... I understand that we've gone into the, the harder league, the South one. Uh, there's better players uh, and there's better coaching as well. But so as for for myself, it's exciting. During, I want to be in those battles. Uh, we had a couple of battles this year, uh, which was really good. And th- there was one that we lost. And for me, it's, it was disappointing. But they're the, they're the games you want to you wanna be in and enjoy and coming off absolutely broken. But you know that you've put everything in instead of the 60, 70 points that we've had in the last couple of years. So exciting, very, very exciting. I think this year's the most exciting I've been going in. Also with the coaching group, uh, everybody's staying. Um, again, the players that we're keeping on from last year, um, around 90% again. Um, with the strength in the droids coming through as well, that's very, 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 Positive. Paul and Rocky's done a fantastic job this year. Uh, some big, big development in some players coming through. So that's putting pressure on the first. And also the recruitment is going really well as well. So um, really exciting conversations with some players. I don't want to say too much about it, but we'll be, there'll be some quality coming into the side, which will be challenging the players that we've got already, which is great. I mean, that, that environment is challenging. Um, pushing people um, is sort of the environment we're looking at. So, yeah, very, very exciting times. It's just trying to get rid of this COVID so we can actually start.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, we all want that to go away pretty quickly. So does the Careers Hub, um, is that quite a draw for our potential recruits and our current players as well?
1: Yeah, so everybody that doesn't know about the Career Hub, um, Hayden and Peter, have done a fantastic job to where it was two years ago how much that has grown and how much they're supporting mentoring the players that we've got in our own squad and the players that are coming in i think they've mentored about 18 to 20 players now um and that could be across um putting them in contact with people in the city that if they want to Sort of develop themselves in that certain industry. We've got people in the city that they can talk to, and even the the documents that are coming out is high quality. That they're, they're, they're absolutely they're massive. That I I see them as part of the coaching group, uh, as much of a success that we've had, uh, the the work they've done, um, and the the support and just helping the boys has been fantastic. So. Yeah, hats off to those two. Um, incredible, what they've done. And yeah, it's a, it is a big map. It is a big. I can't put a percentage on it, but a lot of, a lot of. I think the word is going out there now, and as trying to build on the universities, because we know there's a steady stream of players from Wales or from any other universities coming to London, and if we can support them or if support them in any way, or if they're looking at a, at, a, at a club. Um, we would love to be the first club to say yeah come in everybody that joins us really enjoy themselves and if we can help them in their professional um p- capacity as well uh, that's a bonus as well so yeah i think just keep on building getting the word out about, about the um about the career hub strengthen the ties with the university especially the ones in in wales because gareth you know how big london is <laughs> and mm-hmm. you can you can come in here and get lost quite quickly
0: No, definitely. So is there anything else that London Welsh can do or improve or or anything our listeners could do to this pod that could aid our recruitment or our development or our progression?
1: Yeah, I think if there's anybody, um, if anybody wants to sort of join the hub, I know know we're looking at mentors um, that run a business or are in a quite a high level in their business and they're quite happy to have, um, someone come in and have a taste for the, for the industry. Um, all the stuff is on the website, but yeah, if you could reach out to Hayden or Pete, um, because I think for us, it's just building the rugby community and that that's just more than just playing. Um, it's about, other things we do so how do we look after each other and I think that's a big part of just being a good rugby person but being a London Welsh rugby person as well No, I like the thought of that, excellent
0: stuff so um, I know you're planning for pre-season and what is is the plan of that and we've published some pre-season friendlies, can you just tell us what they are and why you chose those particular friendlies
1: yeah so um, yeah pre-season's Exciting! I think I felt that I needed to put something um, into the like the stake into the ground. Say this is the starting point. Um, so we we were lo- we were looking at Fourth of July, uh, which is a Saturday, um, and that would be a celebration uh, day on a Saturday. So all 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 everybody that's listening now are welcome to come down if if the government allows us to have a gathering. So big celebration event. Hopefully, celebrated last year, and uh, getting people together. So that would be new players, old players, sponsors, uh, directors, um, so sports uh, supporters trying to come down on the fourth of July, enjoy each other's company, and then on the seventh, then um, the preseason starts. So it'd be myself, coaches, and Danny outlining where we're where we're looking to go, and then we train on the Tuesday, and Thursday at Aldia Park. Uh, Will Taylor does a fantastic job with us. Um, he has uh, obviously, he, if nobody knows, Will Taylor, who does our SNC. He's got his own gym, uh, Barch. I think you're a member, Nuga.
0: I am a member. Yes, uh, still working <laughs> on that six pack dream, Kai. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> So the players have access to his gym, which which is great. So they go in there for about quarter to seven, and then we have them on the field then for quarter past seven. And so that we do Tuesday and Thursdays. There's a couple of Saturday sessions in there, uh, early mornings, about seven o'clock. Um, there's a good couple of socials in there as well, which I think is quite 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 important, especially early on in preseason, getting the boys back together get the crack going and all that. And then we've got our first um we had a very successful oh, wasn't a successful regarding uh, our result but headway uh, charity which is a fantastic charity in Cardiff um we played them um, the morning of the England v Wales game and they really enjoyed it and they they wel- the, welcomed us back um to Cardiff for a fixture. So we were able to secure Cardiff Arms Park. For our first pre-season game against them in mid-August, I think it's the eighth, and so that will be a fantastic day. Sort of highlighting the charity itself, boys having the opportunity to play at Cardiff Arms Park, uh, which I think they'll really enjoy. Um, And then from there, then we'll have Bracknell um, at home on a Friday night in Oldia Park, which I. Do believe it'll be the first preseason game in Aldia Park for about 20 years, so that'll be good. Uh, Making news of the of the new floodlights, which we've been which has been fantastic for us training wise. And then there'll be a Druids game then on the Saturday, uh, and then the following week then it'll be a double header, first hand Druids in uh, Brighton away. Um, so that'll be good. I've always tried to in preseason try to play a team. That's a year, uh, which is a, uh, a league above us. So just to test the boys, see where we are, uh, because that's the play we, a place we want to get to. Um, so I think the balance of playing Bracknell, which is a level six club at a, a different league, um, the first game, the Hedwig game, will be a good hit out for us I and mean, then a real test in Brighton then. And it will be a test for the Druids as well. So I think having a solid pre-season then. But the, the dates are solid um, set in stone. It's just how we how we sort of adjust to um, COVID life. So yeah, boys are really well. We're all excited for those uh, uh, games, especially going to Cardiff Arms Park. You know,
0: that's a couple of great away days for our supporters. I'm sure they're already planning mm-hmm. uh wait. You know, the bus and everything on like that. We just hope, I suppose, you know, the COVID situation makes all this quite challenging because you don't even really know when the season will commence. It has Middlesex or the RFU Given different scenarios around that,
1: yeah, we've had a couple of we've had one from uh, what they're looking at. It could be, it's all sort of just talk at the moment. But there's a couple of options that they are looking at. There could be if the if the season, depending when we come back, it could be a full season that would go into May. Uh, There's another option there, and they could be just one fixture. So we would just play London Irish away. Or home, so you play one team uh, once, and there's splitting the league into two conferences. So conference A, conference B, you play each other once. Like, no, I think you play each other twice, and then you go sort of to a playoff. So they are looking at options, um, but I think we're probably about six to eight weeks away of knowing exactly how the how the season would go but it, it is exciting times you know what I mean? because if it's if it's a, a one game against each teams how exciting would that be i know the season would be much shorter but at least they're looking at something which is very positive from my end
0: no i agree with that i, I agree with that i just i just want to know i suppose you wanted know, you, want, you know, a definitive answer really is and we're not going to get that for a while so um, you know control the controllables
1: and that's Yeah and for out us Completely. And for us, it's you would probably know as quick as we do. So all the supporters, if they're following RFU on Twitter, it, it, it tends to come out there as quick as we get it. So just keep, just keep close to the website, our website, to the union website to get updated because we don't get much heads up more than that. So just keep on top of that. No, we'll do that. We'll 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 park London Welsh for a bit, and then we'll come back to it near, near
0: the end of the pod. But I just want to sort of elaborate a bit on your sort of playing career, because you had quite a long and distinguished career as a player, and you're still playing as second row for the club. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying it's over, um, but having only played sort of one year for the club as a professional, um, the club got it's got a real hold on you. because You've had many years at the Ospreys, but there's something special at London Welsh that sort of really got to you, and your and your heart and your passion, you can just set sense that when you speak to you and when we hear you speak about the club.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a funny one because you've probably heard it on other podcasts or I've said it in the press as a bit. It's, I, I, went, I did about nine years in the Ospreys and I thought that I need to get out of Wales for a bit. Um, my mum's been living in London since I was um 18 19 so I've always she's always been in London I've always been in Wales and I was thinking well I do I do I do like the, the trips up there to see my mum so I do f- fancy maybe having a uh, having a look if there's an opportunity so when I came out of my contract with the Ospreys London Irish I had a there was a there was an opportunity there so definitely fancy that fancy the change Went to London Irish, um, met Shingler. He was there the same year as me. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, didn't play much. Uh, got there, uh, but I did. Um, I did a disc in my back um, after the first. So we played. There was that's. If, can you remember the time when they did the double header at the start of the season in yeah, Twickenham? Yeah, Twickenham. Yeah, yeah. So we played against Saracens, and um, I did my back in there, so I lost must have lost three months at the start of the season. And then I came back, um, played for about three, four weeks, and then had an issue with my plantar fascia, my foot. So that took me out for another three months. Um, and by that time, the other the tight heads was so much ahead of me and I was a new kid, so I didn't get that much opportunity. So I went back to uh, the Ospreys for three months. And then I had, a, had an opportunity... Um, to come to London Welsh, so did six to six months in London. I went back to Ospreys for three months, and then there was an opportunity to come to London Welsh for 2013. And I said, you know what? It's back in London. Enjoyed the time in my uh, in London, bit closer to my mum again. Um, bugger it, I'll go for it. So uh, came. I I absolutely loved it. It was Justin Benall was the head coach. Um, and it was just a good, good environment to be. Uh, it, it was love turning up. I was, I was living with Mike Denby and uh, at that time, and it, it was just me and him. Just got off really well. Uh, it was just, it's a good crack, and then there's loads of good, good players. Um, but I think it was just the the bond of it. So obviously that year, Bristol were the the Galactico superstars spending crazy amount of money gunning they they were the ones that were gonna go up from the championship into the premiership um and nobody it, it, we we weren't really in the in the fight um but we were playing in Oxford which I found. Bit challenging because I think we lost a bit of our identity going there. But I understood why we had to go there because the uh, requirements of the ground to go to the uh, Premiership. But I didn't think it was the best call. But it was what it was. But I think it was just the being in Aldia Park, just training there day in day out. um, And I, I think we had a really strong group of boys which took us to the final and beat Bristol for us to go into the premiership um, likes of Carl Kerwin um, Mike and <laughs> even Trivet Pete the Meat all those guys sort of and that's honestly God that's the cl- tightest group I've been involved in in my probably 14 years of being a professional it was just a tight group we used to do everything together uh, go for food, socialise, uh, good banter, and I think that really brought us together. And I think going through the semi-finals and the finals, I think that's what sort made us champions. If I'm honest with you, so I know there's a couple of things flying about at the moment, in it over two eight years ago Mills and all them um, <laughs> flying on Twitter. So it's, it's great to uh, have a look at that because I wasn't was part of that, but it was yes yeah, Leonard Welsh. It was a special place back then, and I just feel it's it's pretty special now as well. And uh, it's yeah, it's, I, I've enjoyed seeing some of that. And you know, the um, have,
0: there's about two hundred fans of that Bristol game, um, and there's twelve thousand Bristol fans, and the first to have beaten them home and away uh, to go to Premiership. It, it was special. It just was disappointing, I suppose, for the the club then that they so they. Tried to recruit lots of other players to play in the Premiership, which didn't work out, and lots of players who helped them go from the champ get promoted from the Championship were then left to leave, and you
1: left then to go back to the Ospreys, didn't you? Yeah, I think I I keep on saying this. I think the the coaching group missed an opportunity there. Um, I think if he what he should have done, obviously this is just my opinion, but I think he should have try to keep as many players as he could from that team and then build on top of that instead of losing quite a bit of that team and then trying to plug the hole with some players um, which probably would get him paid quite a bit. So for us, I would have done a different model. I would have kept try to keep as many players as he could, which it probably would be cheaper for the club as well, um, mm-hmm. and then just top up on top of that with players. And I, and I truly believe that that team would have survived a year in the premiership. I honestly believe that just the camaraderie, the, the tightness, obviously we're going to go through some dark times. But if you, I think that team lost about when they went into the premiership, I think they must have lost about 12 players um, and trying to plug 12 players at the end of that season um, and the results not going your way, you probably... That team went to a dark place, and I don't think they were tight enough to get through it. Uh,
0: yeah, it was definitely a challenging season for the squad. But look, let's go back to the Ospreys, and you were part of that squad, full of superstars, and coached by Lynn Jones. You know, and Lynn Jones is loved by lots of people at Under Welsh, and, and I'm sure around the world, he's a and he's doing really well at Russia at the moment. But what was it what was it like being part of that squad full of superstars?
1: Well, it was. It was. It was, it was I'm from North Wales, so I'm from a place called Carnarvon and there, there's a castle there, and that's about it, really. So when I came down to, uh, to when I was, I played schoolboy rugby, so uh played for the youth, played for the schools, Wales, then got picked up by Neith in 2002 uh, when it was still um, professional, and then it went regional in 2003, and I was lucky enough to get a, Obviously, Lynn Jones was my coach in Neath, nice, and then he went into the Ospreys, and I was lucky enough to get an uh, Ospreys contract. And there was, obviously, I played with, like, sort of Duncan Jones and Barry Williams, Adam and all that in Neath, nice, which was quite a step up for myself anyway, because I was I was looking at these. They, they were internationals at that time, so that was a big step up for me. Um, and then, yeah, going into uh, the Ospreys, the first year was quite brutal. So we, I think we lost about nine on the bounce. Um, but I think the following year then we we won it, or the year after that we won it. Um, and then, yeah, the Ospreys grew and obviously the, the player base grew and the names grew as well. And uh, it was some surreal at some point, at some times, but you are part of the squad though, so. Yeah, you you, you you have a bit of banter with the players, even if they have 50 caps and I had none caps. It's still a bit of banter flying about, back and forth, But there was a lot of a lot of players coming in, and uh, obviously I was there for quite a long time, so I went through a, a lot of a lot of coaches: Lynn, Sean Hawley, Jonathan uh, Humphreys, um, Philo Tandy. <laughs> there, there was a lot of a lot of coaches. Scott Johnson is another one, an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so I went through it all, and it, I, I love my time with the Ospreys. I mean, I've got friends who they are friends for life. It, it's a, it's a funny one because if you're outside looking in, you see a bunch of guys, thirty to forty squad. Do you think you you keep in contact with all of them? That's hardly the case. Almost ten years in the Ospreys, and I. Sort of in contact with them uh, in a monthly or weekly basis. Only, only about five to ten players, so it, it is a strange one being in a in a in a in a, in a professional environment because you know you know you are friends with them, but you're not really friends with them. If that if that makes sense.
0: I know. What you mean, but these these are sort of conversations you can pick up every time you meet them, aren't they? So you can might not see them for six months, twelve months. But you know you can step back into that quite comfortably, oh, easily, you're, yeah. Because you're, you're so tight the, at times.
1: Especially with a beer, yeah. <laughs> but obviously you <laughs> go so, through you go through some darkness with them as well, and that brings people together, doesn't it? No, it definitely does. But you know, do you
0: think that sort of team underachieved a little bit? Um, I know they went to sort of two quarterfinals in Europe, and they've won some Pro 14, Top 14, Pro 14. Um, yeah, Pro 14, isn't it? That's
1: right. Um, do you think? But they do you think they underachieved. In Europe, yes, I think they did. Uh, we did. Um, we had three. We had one EDF and three Magnus um, titles. Domestically, that's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I, that we were lost in the, quor- the quarterfinals. Um, I Can't remember the year. Uh, it was by Ritz, and it was it was. Uh, it was and the, the the squad then it was it was insane, but uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. On paper, we should we should have done better. Um, maybe that we didn't have the the best head coach at that point. Um, and yeah, like if if I bring it back, and I bring it back to the team and being a team, um, being in that London Welsh team in two thousand and thirteen was tenfold better as a team than the Galactic era in in the Ospreys. we still we were still a team but we weren't super tight 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 um but that could be a, a lot of factors as well you know because you've got you've got big big names with with big egos as well um but all the guys are good guys all of them are good guys but I think if I'm thinking about Leonard Welsh as a team, Yes, team very tight, very boys are in there together, all together. Um, the Ospreys at that time, yeah, we were a performing team. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a harder one because yeah, we should. I think in, in Europe we should have done much better. So, um, were the Magna's uh, victories
0: um, your proudest moment as a player, or have you got a particular match you felt you played in which is extra special?
1: I think my first, um, my I think one of my proudest moments would be getting my first Welsh Youth Cup. Um, boy from Carnarvon. <laughs> Not that rugby was different back in North Wales at that point. I mean, there was there was North Wales and the 16s, 18s. Um, there wasn't uh, RGC uh, limit. There was limit touch points regarding higher rugby in the south. So, a lot of my, I've got a lot of thanks to do with a lot of people. I mean, at that point, I wasn't driving, I was too young. So, I had a, my school teacher, Lin Jones, uh, not Lin jo, school, my Jones, school teacher, yayan Jones. He was the head of PE. Um, and he really supported me, really, really supported me going down south, taking me to trials. Um, developed me as a, as a young person as well, because I wasn't the best student. I wasn't I wasn't clean off it. I wasn't crazy. But at any opportunity, if I didn't have to do work, I wouldn't do work. Um, because for me, I think at 15, 16, I knew I wanted to be a rugby player. Um, so I was doing extras at breaks and all that type of stuff. And uh, to, for, for me to get myself out of the class to do a gym session or a, a skill session, I think that, for me at that point was a priority obviously wasn't a priority for my school work um and I think he understood what how to get the best out of me and support me um because also for him to take me down to trials and stuff as well I'm taking time from his he had a he had a young family at that time they're they're fully grown up now (laughs) but He's a PE P teacher in my school. He, he shouldn't be taking me down there, but that's how generous he was with his time, um, obviously with his money as well, so I wasn't paying him petrol money at that point. Um, but those are the type of people that stick in your mind. And also John Patchett as well. He's uh, um, a head coach in canarvon RFC, so for me, he grabbed me and basically made me a prop. So my, I started my career at... I played I played center uh, my first year because I was quite late to getting into the into rugby anyway, so I was about 12, uh, 13, um, and it's fantastic that we've got our junior sections in the club and it starts at under six under eight It's fantastic, but I, I didn't I didn't really do that. I did football till I was about 11, 12, and then joined rugby, and I started at 12 and then did the dreaded journey of 12 to number eight to second row to loose head prop, to tight head prop. The journey that no rugby player wants to do. Um, because of my size, I did that. And he, he sort of developed me. And he, he took me to trials as well. And I think it's quite easy to forget those people. Um, but they've always been in my back of my mind. They've got so much grateful, thankfulness for those um, because they made me the player I was. Obviously, you had coaches develop me at, at a later stage. But if they didn't give their time and... Um, and love for me to, as a as a player as well. I wouldn't be where I'm at now. So it's a massive thanks to them um, for for taking the time and taking me down there and giving me the opportunity to uh, for me to become who I became.
0: It's great to hear stories like that because people are putting that extra to to support you know young boys because it is challenging being a young boy and you wanted to to play rugby and you know you need your education, but to see these teachers and coaches point that effort. And there's loads of them around the rugby land and education around the country who are helping boys prosper, which is just
1: great to hear. Oh, 100%. I think all rugby boys are quite decent people. They're decent. Obviously, you get the, the odd wrong them feral. But I think a lot of them respect respect and understand what people... I think England did a fantastic thing for the World Cup. When they went back to their clubs and sort of showcased, and someone who in the club spoke about them, and those players, they 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 understand the sacrifices some coaches, school teachers um, have done for those players, and I just hopefully that the the players um, still sort of touch base with their with their with the coaches that got them there. I I still I still spoke to Yeh. Every couple of months, I I, I send him a text, seeing how he is and stuff like that, and it's it's it is nice to, um, well, talk about it first of all because not a lot of people know about it, but yeah, just a, a big thanks to to both of them and other coaches that support me on the way. I say it's good to hear.
0: We've got plenty of people giving up their time for the minis and youth, haven't we? In yes, the club which is yeah. which is great, and hopefully they're inspiring the next generation of London Welsh players. you we talk talk about moving from centre to you know, um, number eight to second row, and now you're moving back again. So you've played proper London Welsh, second row. Can we see in the back row or the, or the backs at all in this next season, Kai? Not the backs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, play, I played. Um, I think I played six, twice, two years ago, I think. Um, for me, I just need to play where I can give the most impact. Um, at the moment, we've got some fantastic props. Andy Black... <laughs> Michael Griffiths um, for the first, they've been fantastic, and there's other ones in, in, in the Druid that's pushing those guys as well, which which has been great. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm loving playing second row. I think first of all, I've lost a little bit of weight, which uh, doesn't help uh, on the front row, but those two guys have been done a fantastic job for us for. This year and last year, uh, Mark Weir as well. He's been out for a long time. He's coming back this year. He did a fantastic job for us in the first year. Um for for, for me, it's it's about performance. Um, if I'm not performing, I won't I won't be playing. Um, and that's a hard one as well because there's nothing better for me than being in that change room as a player, not the coach, um, building up. Talking to players, uh, looking at the players in the huddle in the eye, knowing that th- they're on their metal, we're we good to go to go on as a unit. I think being a coach gives gives you other benefits, uh, other buzz. But speaking to a lot of lot of ex players and they go into the coaches, nothing like the change rooms beforehand. So I'm really enjoying my time in the change room as as one of the players. Um, I think my time this year, uh, time on the field, will be massively reduced. I think uh, with the development of the players, with growth, the leadership growth within the pack. Uh, Tom Baldwin's been fantastic this year. I've uh, seen him grow as a as a as a player, but his um his social stuff is great <laughs> because he runs a social committee, but. On the field as well, um, he demands what I, what I, I'm hopefully demanding myself. So it's great to see him develop and uh, other players that's coming in. Um, there's a lot of growth, great growth in there. So for me, it's I'll be a happy man when I'm thinking, hang on, I can't contribute more than this player here. This player has to start um, because this player has another five years in the club. I haven't got it. I've got maybe this the three there's the six months or the nine months left in the season so I need to be conscious of that as well and not be um, what's the word I'm looking for just hanging in there just because I want to hang in there for us it's the results the, the 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 championship and if that means I'm not starting it means I'm not starting I'll be gutted about it um, but for me it's team first so it has to be the the best team out there If that's me included, it's me included. If it's not, it's not. Um, But yeah, this year I'll be greatly reducing my playing time. So I'm getting old. If I'm 36, I'm nearly at the end of it. Um, But do you mean I absolutely love it? I love coaching them, but I love being out there with them as well. It's, 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 yeah, I feel a bit scared of retiring. Well, you've got next season, and as you say, it's been
0: from our point of view, uh, supporters of the club. It's been great seeing growth in the players, but also growth in you, Kai. Um, you know, you've seen you grow across the last three years. But you know, you've worked with a, a number of different coaches through your playing career. You know, what have you learnt from them um, as you sort of forge your own coaching style?
1: Yes, um, it's good. it's a good question because I'm I've, I've been quite lucky. With so many coaches I've I've, da- I've worked with in the past, and Lynn, yeah, Lynn is is Lynn is Lynn Lynn is fantastic. His his knowledge of the game is is second to none. So I took a little bit off him, took a little bit off Sean Holly how he is. But the one coach I really, oh G- Gibbo is another one. I Had a really good relationship with him and learned a lot of him. But I think the one that had biggest impact on on my career, and I think. My coaching philosophy is Jonathan Humphreys. Um, great guy. Re- uh, first of all, great guy. Like, unbelievable. Um, I think it was... He didn't take me under his wing type of thing, but he, he had... as Whatever time I wanted to give him a call or go over a game or... Uh, discuss anything even outside of rugby. Um he invited me over for food to his to his family home. And I I was young but I was proud, what was it, about twenty, twenty one. And just to have that sort of uh knowledge of the game first of all, obviously he's played at the top. Um and just, just being a genuine guy. And I think a lot of people forget that being a coach and understanding the rugby part of it, yes, that's a big, big plot a tick. But as, as much of a big take, is just being a, a good person, you know, just being a good person, um, understanding, caring, uh, like to see the best out of people. Um, being honest is another big one as well. Uh, even if it's hard, telling the player, you're not playing because of this, that and this. I think at the end of it, the player actually appreciates you being honest and you just pussyfooting around the subject. It's That's what I'm trying to do in my own approach. I'd... I don't get it right all the time um, because of the time frame where we we are with the players. Uh, sometimes it's hard. I can't I can't make a decision with selection till after the session on the Thursday, uh, just because of the n- nature of the beast. If I could, I would announce it on a Wednesday um, and then get to the players on the Thursday and speak to them and give them feedback. Um, but because the how it is um, it's it's quite hard to get to each player but I think just being an, a decent guy I think it's if you're a decent guy um, with your rugby at 50-50 so 50-50 rugby and being a decent guy I think you'll go places as, as, as being a coach and also looking to develop as a coach as well you, you can't just the game for me the game keeps it it slightly changes every three years and I felt that when I was a professional as well and for me to have Shingler with me, it's it's been fantastic. Like for him to be to be still in the professional game, um, day in, day out with Elin, developing himself as a player, but also having him as a as a coach as well. He's 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 been fantastic. Yeah, he's on as a god, he'll he will go places as a coach, um, at the highest end because just his understanding of the game, uh, his thought process about the game, his preparation. Is attention to detail. Um, so Shingler, yeah, he's 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 going to be a, a star coach, um, I think, and we're very lucky to have him. And I think the boys have gelled quite well, quite well with him as well. Uh, and he also, again, doing he's he, him will Rocky Paul, they're all decent blokes as well, um, which makes it, as I said, that's fifty percent of being a coach, I think.
0: Seems like you are a great coaching team, and I think maybe a message to the directors of London Welsh: we should maybe have Shingle on a ten-year contract. Then, yeah,
1: <laughs> I can't even get that contract. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so you I... know, um,
0: just 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 to um, just closing the coaching section. So, what what are
1: your aspirations as a coach, Kai? Um, it's a hard one because I, I love it at the club. Do you know what I mean, and I'll. I'll be at the club till they, till they want me. So um for me I completed my level 3 which I really enjoyed. I had a great mentor in Mike um who he did the the Richmond girl a uh, lady side uh I had a great relationship with him. Um he really put me thinking in a different way which I'm hopefully going impl- to uh, implement that this year. Um so I really enjoyed that my level 3 loving the time at the club um, makes it easier that we get in the results. <laughs> um, if I w- do, I want to be a professional coach. Not at this moment in time, I don't think so. Um, so I'm enjoying my work, but my work with TLC as well. So I've got a nice balance. I've got a great managing director in Richard Allison. He's really, really supportive. A good rugby man as well. He loved rugby. Um, so I think at the moment. With my with my work with TLC, um, my relationship with my boss, um, how he supported me coming out of the transition as well, because it, you need to think as well I, I I came out of the game with nothing as well, so I was I think I was three weeks without a club or or a job, so he's supporting me in that respect. So I I've got a lot of gratitude towards him and the company with that, but. My coach, yeah, I love I love London Welsh at the moment. I'm really enjoying my, my time with there, and uh, I'll, I'll have to just just have to see how it goes. Um, so yeah, for me, it's yeah, I want to be a professional, probably not uh, at this moment in time where I'm at with everything. So just have to see how it goes.
0: That's fair enough. You seem to have a, a good balance between your know, professional work and and your coaching at London Welsh, but so but that which is great. So but outside of rugby and work, what do you do to to to, to relax?
1: Um, it, it, it I, I love I love my dogs. I love my girlfriend. Um, I, I enjoy living in London and what London brings. I've got a good network of friends here. Um, and I'm lucky that my friends as well are my co-coaches are Will. And Stephen, uh, we do a lot outside of the thing, which which is which is perfect. And I, I live in East London, which is not just around the corner from from Richmond itself. Um, but I'm quite lucky; I've got the park here, so I tend to go out there, go for walks. I don't go running like Will does. Some Will goes on sort of mental walk, uh, runs like yourself, guy. Uh, Be <laughs> you Strava. I just do the walk with my dogs, um, just just, and just relax. I mean, and. Um, Enjoy a bit of wine, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and not not much more. Uh, if I I'm, try, I'm trying to, I reach out to. I had a great one to one with Filo Tia as well with, um, because he's in Auckland now. I got a good relationship with him. Um, I'm just trying to reach out to other coaches as well. and uh, I know I know the union are running some quite good webinars. I think Stuart Lancashire's had uh, a couple of webinars on, on principles of attack and defense as well. So I'm trying to grow myself as a coach. So I know I'm quite it's still quite young. I'm um, just getting just, yeah, have, just have a balance, a bit of rugby, which is not the club for myself as development. Um, completed my level three management um, diploma as well. And just trying to upskill myself for any opportunity.
0: So basically, it doesn't, apart from walking your dog, it doesn't sound like much relaxing. We're just trying to upskill yourself in rugby and your and your work life, which as I said doesn't surprise me because you're quite a driven individual. But look, we'll, we'll leave that there. I'm just going to finish with ten quick fire questions. So the first answer that comes to your head, Kai. Okay. So best player you
1: played with, Alwyn Jones or Philo Tietje. Okay, best player played against, Sam Warburton. Um, who was
0: your sporting hero growing up?
1: You got a You got a. You got to laugh on this, Ian Rush.
0: Hey, good Flint boy. A good lad. Um, <laughs> mine was. Mine was Mark Hughes, really. Um, oh, was it? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Sparky. Um, favorite ground you've played on?
1: Millennium Stadium. Best nickname uh, of yours? Of mine, I'm a yeah. really. I've got. I've got Chichi, which is a shit nickname. Best nickname I've ever come across is Fatrick Swayze. Which is, Richard, <laughs> which is Richard Hibbard's nickname because he used to call him self-acclaimed Patrick Swayze uh, because he was fat. We called him Patrick Swayze. Okay, I love that. I love that. That's the banter in a rugby team, isn't it? Um, yeah. Best coach you've worked with? Uh, there's a couple. So John Patchett, Yayan Jones and Jonathan Humphreys.
0: Okay, um, favourite try if, you've scored, if you haven't got one you've scored then someone else has scored
1: Any I can get if I'm honest with you, I think yeah. I've scored twice for the Ospreys in 130 appearances and I'm not getting much for London Welsh either, so any ones I can get which is normally two metres away <laughs> uh, Best game you have played in and why? Uh, Grand Slam under 20s, under 21s 2005 at the Null um, because we were playing at the Doll, and it was a Grand Slam final as well, and we won it. So yeah, that year. And oh, sorry. And when we beat Australia with the Aussies.
0: Oh, there's been quite a bit of the media about, about that recently, isn't there? On the Aussies' yeah. Twitter account, I think I saw yeah. a few a few photos and stuff. Um, favorite current player
1: in the professional game, or could be would... either.
0: Is it? Um... You shouldn't have a favorite under West if you're the coach, really, should you? <laughs> no.
1: You know, um, I, I still love watching Ade Alwyn Jones. Like, I, I still like I'm good friends with him. But like, how he plays, like how he leads the team, it's yeah, it's 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 fantastic to watch. He's not the he's not the the magician like do the the side steps, but just for me, it's not how he how he plays is how he leads. And for me it's that's that's what I enjoy. That's fair. And one
0: thing you might change about rugby? Ooh, um,
1: what in the world game or yeah. Yeah. I would probably look at I know the WIU are looking into it, but I think I would look at the 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 pay structure underneath the championship in England. Um players are getting paid. What I've heard, players are getting paid at level six that we're going into, level five. Um, and look at that and look at what is that doing to the club? What is it sustainable? What, the game the game, is healthy, but it's not, it could be much healthier. And I think a part of that is what people are doing regarding paying players at, at, the, at the lower end. So, looking at that, I, I know the WIU are sort of looking in it, or they've they've done something. So, yeah, for for I think for for myself is understanding what we went through in 2017 and the sustainability of the of the game itself, and just look at that. So for me, it's not the law; um, it's the sustainability of the game and the health of each rugby club in in, in England. You I mean um, a lot of them are not healthy because they're paying players and why uh, the reason is why why are you paying that player that much it's it's ridiculous for the level that you're in
0: yeah i agree with you i think uh, this covid outbreak might um, be challenging for lots of clubs and they might have to rethink how they reward their players and it might not be monetary so um but we'll wait and see what the RFU come out with thanks yes. for that Kai. so f- just finally um what's your message to our supporters about next season
1: Guys, I just basically for all the supporters or anybody that's listen to this and they do want to support it. Like it's, it's. I guess you are as much as you as are um, as much of this journey as the players. we, We truly believe that as as a coaching group, as in a squad, as the players itself. It's been fantastic. I mean, to to go away at a level seven. Match and having fifty to hundred people there drinking their bar dry, so they're happy with the money coming into the bar. But having six to eight hundred, and yeah, I think we've even hit hit a thousand once in Alder Park. It's it's incredible. It, it it is incredible. And you are part of this journey with us. And I truly want you to believe that as well and feel it with us. I'm quite happy to have the supporters in the change rooms with us. I don't, I don't care. It's, it's, it, for me, it's, it's that much of a buy. in we're all in this together. If you support London Welsh, if you play for London Welsh, if you're a member of London Welsh, um, if you're coaching at London Welsh, if you're bringing minions to London Welsh, it's, it's a family. And for for me, it's. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, and let's enjoy these this, these good times and hopefully there'll be more with us. And um, yeah, just keep supporting us. Your membership does everything to us. It's, it's the backbone of ours, um, how we run the club um, and how the club, the health of the club as well. So just keep on supporting us and rugby will start again. And when it does, we will be with open arms ready to welcome you.
0: Well said, Kai. Kai, thanks for your time tonight and thanks for what you're doing for London Welsh. It matters a lot to a lot of people and you're doing a great job with your team and the players. Long may it continue. As I said, thanks for your time and speak to you again of the season. Cheers. Thank you. What an interesting character Kai is. On one hand, you can see how driven he is and how much he wants success for the club. And on the other hand, you can see how much he cares for the players, supporters and volunteers of the club. The club means a lot to Kai. And Fairplay has been very successful for the first three years. But he leaves you in no doubt that they are ready for the challenge of next season, which he thinks will be 60% more difficult than the previous season. We are behind you and your team the whole way, Kai. This podcast is available across all platforms and next week we have our former captain Jonathan Mills as our guest. If you've enjoyed it, please share this podcast and we welcome all your feedback, comments and reviews as we bring you all the latest news, views and special guests of London Welsh. Until next time, take care.